Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Kirsten Espinoza Rosero. Yes, we do. She's <laughs> one of our new authors. Yes. So this was a good interview. It's got so much great information in it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was actually a listener request. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our listeners wanted to hear from her, particularly because she uh, writes dark fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it was just so much fun to talk mm-hmm. to her and get her perspective on um, publishing. And mm-hmm. you know, she's only got a couple of books out, but she's just it gone about it in such a unique way. Like she started with her artwork. Yeah. I thought she was books. very wise. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. I thought it was a great yeah. interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we talked to her about like how she found her cover artist, mm-hmm. um, how she, and we also talked to her a lot about like um, how much backstory she includes and world right. building, a lot of right. fantasy mm-hmm. type elements mm-hmm. in this uh, podcast. So yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, it's great. It was great. So what's been going on with you? Well, um, I'm I, I'm pretty much over COVID, but I'm yeah. just really taking it slow. It's mm-hmm. like everybody talks about how tired you are. And so mm-hmm. I was anticipating that. So I'm like just doing maybe one or two things a day and just trying to not overdo, mm-hmm. which is, you know, mm-hmm. I sit at a desk all day, so it's hard yeah. to overdo. <laughs> But mentally, it's taxing. I guess. It can be, can be for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but I started. I uh, created the draft for my Kickstarter page. I'm working mm-hmm, on that, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So that's pretty much. I'm just catching up on all the stuff that's kind of right. been lagging while I was right. gone. Right. And then uh, the other thing I have to mention. I'm so sorry I forgot to mention this earlier. I was on the Behind the Book podcast mm. a couple of weeks ago, and then with mm-hmm. the travel and getting COVID. I didn't mention it. I totally forgot. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And we talked about like writing a series and Mm -hmm. like writing mystery and cozy Mm -hmm. and just, it was a fun, fun interview. I had Mm -hmm. a great time with them. That's great. That's great. Uh, Yeah. I, um, I always forget when I'm on stuff or, you know, it's (laughs) like, did we mention that? I know partly because it's, we record early Mm -hmm. and then we Mm -hmm. comes out later and I'm always confused on what, Day, days and time zones are not yeah. my strengths. No. And <laughs> speaking of Kickstarters, Claire yeah. Taylor's Kickstarter is just, I mean, I think she's up to 200 backers or she was yeah. really close. Yeah. She's and, doing uh, great. So it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's we fun just, to watch the other, like, yeah. I know that when it's the one I'm doing, I'll be stressed, but it's mm-hmm. fun to watch other people and go, mm-hmm. oh, they're doing so good. This it's is great. great. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're taking it easy because. It can be hard to get over that. I mean, just to yeah. bounce back. I, I mean, I don't bounce back. Yeah. No, and I don't think I had a really bad case, but mm-hmm. you know, it just slows good. you down. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so what have you been doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still in Dallas. I'm still uh, I'm teaching swimming lessons when while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I mean, if our listeners are the praying kind, we, my family could use your prayers. If, yeah. if you're the lot and love kind, we could use your lot and love. Um, 
my sister has has deteriorated really over the last couple of weeks and we got some not great news, but then they called back and said, well, may not be as bad as we think. And so um, we'll find out more tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, what is today? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Um, So I, I'm not sure how much longer I may stay up another week Mm -hmm. um, just to be close. And yeah, it's been real hard job, but I will tell you this. And, you know, I mean, this is a fun podcast. We really do try to have fun, but I just always want to be honest. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was at my mom's yesterday with her and she's staying with my mom because her husband works during the day and she can't be left alone. I mean, she's, she's really having issues. And um, my mom has a sectional sofa mm-hmm. and my sister was, you know, leaning on one, you know, one leg of the Part of it, yeah. Yeah. And I was laying on the other and I was holding her foot. And for a moment, I kind of panicked. I mean, we'd just been laying there all day, you know, pretty much watching TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, I panicked and thought I should be doing something like I should be doing like I'm not riding. I'm not doing anything. What? And then I just had the most vivid moment of clarity that Nothing else matters but what I'm doing right now. Nothing, nothing else. I mean, yes, our careers are important. And yes, we want to do well. And yes, we want to write books for our readers. But you know what? If I never write another book, my readers will have already loved the books I've Mm -hmm. written. And they will wish me well and find other other Mm -hmm. writers. If I do... They're not going to be mad at you if you can't write a book. And that's one thing we all forget. No. And I can still market the books that I have Mm -hmm. and sell them. It's not as much as I was making, but it is enough. And Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know. It was just this moment of clarity. Mm -hmm. But I had also been feeling while I was just flat on my back on that sofa. It's like, I don't really know that I can get up. Like I am, (laughs) I am emotionally exhausted and Mm -hmm. and 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 it's not about me because lord knows nothing i mean nothing i'm going through even compares to what she's going through it's just it's just in those moments when Mm -hmm. really you can't do anything that it what you're reminded of and what is important yeah Yeah. um so for me that was that moment and um Anyway, so if anybody else is struggling, no, you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, for those of you have who have gone through this, God bless you. I, mm-hmm. honest to gosh, it's one of the hardest things our family has ever had to do, and um, certainly, yeah, you just are having to take it like one moment by moment, literally, literally one second at a time. Yeah, because if you let your mind wander, then it goes to bad places. Yeah. Um, and, and there's just not a lot we can do to help mm-hmm. her at this moment because we're right. waiting to see what's next. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just hard. And, um, and this is just life, you know, yeah. I, what I'm experiencing is not at all unique and I don't want anyone to hear me and think, Oh, well, she thinks she's the only person that have been through this. <laughs> that is not true. I know that I'm not, but but until it happens to you, you really don't realize how much people have to go through when they have a loved one that's really ill. So yeah, um, 
anyway, but all that to say, no writing, but well, um, I'm taking care of my family and I'm trying to love my family well. And again, if this turns out to not work, to if this turns bad and mm-hmm. stays bad, I will not regret one word that no. I did not write to no. be with her. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and yeah, you don't want to look back and think, oh, if only I'd done something mm-hmm. different. You don't want to do that. No. So so yeah. you're doing exactly what you need to do. And I being high empathy, I know mm-hmm. that it's like a heavy weight. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, I haven't cried. It's weird. Uh but I think it's because I'm trying to make sure like my mom's okay. Yeah. My sisters are okay. You're yeah. caring for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my daughter said, you're just going to fall apart one day and you'll be okay. But you know, <laughs> like, I mean, I have walked around a little bit in shock, you know, yeah. kind of like I, I was very indecisive one day. Like I couldn't decide if I should go there or not. It's about 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And she, my daughter went for a walk and called me and said, mom, get in the car and go. <laughs> I know you want to go. Mm-hmm. You just need to go. I was like, thank you for saying that because <laughs> I can't make a decision. I can't, you know. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, it, it, it's just, you know, writing is hard. Life is harder. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and so give yourself a break. And yeah. uh, if you're not going through this and you're at one of those kind of peak times in your life, just be grateful just, and enjoy it. Yeah. And just know that, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a gift. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. And be grateful. And um, anyway, so, yeah, that's it. We should probably get on with the show before I take before this whole day into the pit. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but if this, is a, this really is such a great interview. And, and I really did get off the, because she's also young. Yes. Um, she's like in her 20s. And I really did get off the call thinking, this woman is so wise. Yeah. Like, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. what she does in the future. Yeah. It really is. Cool. It really is. So let's get on with the interview. Yes. Okay. So here's Kirsten. Today, we're excited to welcome Kirsten Espinosa Rosero to the podcast. And we are so glad you're here. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we're glad to talk to you. Yeah. So. Kirsten's in uh, Germany. So we may have a, a bit of a lag sometimes, but maybe not. Yeah, we'll work it out. So let me read the bio real quick and we'll jump into the questions. Um, Kirsten Espinosa Rosero is a Filipino-American author of Burn Red Skies who somehow finds herself in odd places, whether it be hiking across Germany to draw castles, training in a boot camp in Thailand, or practicing Chinese calligraphy in Taiwan through her experiences, she realized that the story was in the journey, not the destination. I love that. So tell us how you got into writing, Kirsten. So I actually did a lot of art. Mm -hmm. Um, My younger self was really inspired by video games. So especially old school RPGs like Final Fantasy and Spikoden. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um, which I always thought was just a gorgeous visual way of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had gorgeous visuals, but also beautiful dialogues. Um, and I sort of started drawing a lot based mm-hmm. on that. And then at some point I started writing to sort of give my drawings a story. I love that. And actually, 
I read that somewhere about you though, that you, you drew, you drew some of the images, but, and then the story came later. And yeah. I, I just, I love that. That's great. How long ago did you start writing? Um, a few years ago. So oh, wow. yeah. 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 It's my first attempt. So because this podcast is about things that you wish you'd learned uh-huh. before you started writing, it's still quite fresh in my mind. <laughs> I made. Um, That's always yeah. good. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think your story is interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of people come to writing first mm-hmm. and then if they have an artistic ability, they may make a map or, mm-hmm. you know, may do their own covers, but you've um, come at it from the art artistic side first. So I think that's really interesting. I love that. Yeah. And, and we should mention that uh, some of our listeners requested that we have Kirsten on the podcast uh, because they love your books and they love your writing. And so we just uh, want to want to see what you have to say today. No, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, so how long did it take you to write your first book? Um, because I was doing it on the side to, you know, life. <laughs> it, took, it took quite a long time. So it took, yeah. I think, a total of four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like I was writing nonstop. It was just if I had time at night mm-hmm. or all that good stuff. And when I started writing I didn't have enough money for an editor so that mm-hmm. took more time mm-hmm. um, of my me second guessing myself constantly mm-hmm. and like all the stress and sadness that comes yeah. with <laughs> with bringing a book baby to life yeah so, yeah yeah so well, I in a total of four years yeah and then dark fantasy is it or how long are your books so Burn Red Skies is, I think, 427 pages, which for dark fantasy isn't that big, actually. No, it's not. But I think that, but that also adds to the cost of editing because, you know, it's usually a word. And and your writing time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And your writing time, too. So, yeah. Um, Before I did any edits was Mm. over a thousand pages. So I cut cut it down. Wow. That is hard, too. Like, (laughs) and then to do it by yourself without an editor to kind of walk you through that or help you through that process. That's amazing. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt a lot. It always does. Editing can be painful. Yeah. 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 What do you wish you'd known about marketing before you published your books? About marketing. Well, I mean, I'm still making mistakes in marketing. So this is actually the perfect question. Like I said, it's still, <laughs> it's still fresh in my mind. Um, uh-huh. So when I started, I told myself I would say yes to every form of marketing that would come my way just to try it out. You know, mm-hmm. so you have paid ads, you have yeah. book tours, you mm-hmm. have paid reviews, unpaid reviews, um, you know, giveaways, mm-hmm. um, all that good stuff that you see on Bookstagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I, I didn't think of is that the author landscape is changing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's changing quite a bit and, and quite fast. So if you're a new author, for example, and you post on social media, like, hey, you know, I have this new book out, you'll get a bunch of requests from people offering to give your book a review for, for you know, for a fee. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, you know, you'll, you'll find a book blogger you like, or sort of look into ads like on Amazon or Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I found, and obviously this is my only my experience, maybe people are luckier than me, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm, I'm probably sure they are. Um, if you sort of contact or are in contact with people who offer their services for a fee, like paid reviews, mm-hmm. um, 
you really need to look closely at what you're getting yourself into because yeah. you know what you have often is you know you have you see accounts of people reviewing books and they have a lot of followers they have like hundreds of likes and comments but mm-hmm. often it turns out they're part of like like and comment pods mm-hmm. so so their followers have to like their and i mean like you can you can tell basically mm-hmm. So I fell into that trap as well, which is okay because mm-hmm. it was part of my like Kirsten's 100 experiments mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, project. Um, but you live, you learn. Um, so, you know, I've paid for some blogs to expose my book, like mm-hmm. for the marketing, not necessarily to review it, mm-hmm. um, especially on Bookstagram, and that's worked because um, there's a difference between people asking for money. For them to review your book and for them to sort of market your book. Yes. Um, and what I found is that many prominent book blogs do reviews for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's like only the reviews; they're not going to market it for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's that is great to know, and it's great for new authors to know because actually, I was probably published for more than a year. Before I was contacted by somebody that says, "Hey, I'd love to review your book," and I was like, "Oh, great!" And then she was like, "That'll be three hundred dollars," and I'm like, "What?" No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually and have a copy some of the reviews book. that are you know free, and so yeah. Mm. And but I was kind of thrown off by that. So it's good because um, I think when you're new, you are a little bit like. I won't say desperate, but you know you really want those reviews, and so it's easy to to fall prey to that. So I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. I, I wouldn't say desperate. I think I would call my my newbie self uh, vulnerable. Vulnerable, yeah. 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 You just <laughs> but, want, but you yeah. want the reviews, and that they're yeah. so hard to get. You know, yeah, you don't know where to start. No, you don't oh, yeah. know where to start. Yeah, That's there are some cool. like legitimate review mm-hmm. sites that they they charge to like. Uh, bring your book in and assign it to a reviewer and you have, you know, like you don't know if you're going to get a good review or a bad review, mm-hmm. but those are usually very pricey. So I wouldn't recommend that for a new author. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's a, and it, and it is a, a place where a new author can kind of feel like, Oh, I need to pay mm-hmm. this amount of money to get a review. And you're probably better off just trying to find readers, you know, mm-hmm. but that's hard too. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother <laughs> thing. But, you know, Booksprout is a good yes. place because they have a free program and, and, you know, again, you're not guaranteed a good review, but you are guaranteed a review. That um, someone will look at it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. I mean, just um, like my only word of advice for, for new authors is just really look closely into what you're getting yourself into. Like there are some legit sites, of course, mm-hmm. but But sometimes you you'll uh, you know fall prey to to people promising the world for a few yeah. bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it pays to be cautious, especially when you're yeah. starting out. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, what do you know now that you didn't know when you started? What do you wish you? Had, what are some of the things you wish you had learned early on? Right. Um. So I thought I thought writing was a solitary affair. Like you know, you have that image of eccentric, yeah. like yeah. introverted curmudgeons, you know, just kind of <laughs> typewriter. Um, and you know, writers always get pegged as starving artists. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, chilling in cafes and like eating croissants or whatever. But like, I completely 
bought into the idea that we would be competing for resources. Like I'd be legitimately terrified of other writers because mm-hmm. I'm not competitive at all. Um, <laughs> it's, but it, it's quite harmful. And this is what I've learned. It's, it's very harmful to treat readership like a limited resource. Um, mm. Like, especially in the indie world where like, or indie fantasy world, um, I can't speak for other communities, but I'm sure it's similar where it thrives on solidarity and not mm-hmm. competition, mm-hmm. especially because authors are more often than not fellow readers in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, so like once I started building these connections and learning friends, like not just to readers, but to fellow authors, um, mm-hmm. you know, fellow artists, editors, you know, just the entire community, um, I started learning more. And my book found more resonance and some positive, like some negative and some mm-hmm. absolutely rageful, but you know, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I have to say like making friends with fellow writing nerds is not a bad place to start. Yeah. yeah wow. It is a very supportive community and most authors, I think we're so, we do spend a lot of time on our own. And so if you can find those connections with other writers, then you know, nobody is going to care as much as another writer about like your title or, you know, just things that we obsess over that like our families. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And our families are like, why, why do you keep talking about this? (laughs) I don't care. I love you, but I don't care. I don't understand. And a lot of times I don't, I don't have the energy to explain stuff to people Mm -hmm. not in the community enough to have a conversation with them you know it's just too it's too much so yeah it's always great when you have people in your community that you can bounce off the ideas off of and just be there for support I love that and I love what you said about it's there aren't it's not limited resources right and uh, I, I just think that's awesome yeah, I was part, like very briefly part of a writing community that shall remain unnamed. And it was quite toxic yeah. um, in the sense that people were ostensibly supportive. You know, like mm-hmm. you get critique on your work, you read other people's work. But then mm-hmm. once once some authors started finding success mm-hmm. um, and sort of breach, you know, breaking away from the pack, then mm-hmm. people turned vicious. I yeah. mean, that's <laughs> and I think you know, talking to some author friends that happened to them too. Um, and for new authors or aspiring authors who are listening, if you are in that sort of dynamic, just run. Like it's mm-hmm. not worth it. Right. Like cut your losses, run, find a better supportive mm-hmm. community. Because I do think as a whole, the writing community is quite supportive. They have mm-hmm. your back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we all know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ugh. It it is hard. And but it's hard to get kind of caught in one of those groups and not know how to get out and you just need to leave just you don't owe them an explanation just leave because it's not (laughs) it sounds like an unhealthy relationship but it's right you know (laughs) (laughs) Um, when they're at work you leave so yeah Yeah. it's uh, not good not good uh where did you find did you eventually find an editor or uh did you kind of do the whole thing yourself and um, I did the whole thing myself, mm-hmm. actually, but I think for future projects after the series, I will definitely look into getting an editor, you know, just have a, a second opinion or third right. opinion on on what I'm writing. Right. right. And then the second part of that question is, and you're cover designer, but you design your own covers, correct? No, I didn't. Oh, you oh, didn't? This, I'm going to advertise my cover designer. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> You'll lose her, he, her, him or her. Or- 
they, but uh, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. She she deserves all the commissions in the world, really. Sure. Um, her name is Francie Stern, mm-hmm. or I guess Francisco Stern. Um, and it's great that her last name means star because that's what she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, very cool. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. We actually, we, we found each other on, I think, 99designs. Mm-hmm. That's the really? name of the website. Like yeah, she was yeah. just sort of doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and then has then, you know, since then started doing it professionally, which is absolutely amazing. And I'm surprised she didn't do it sooner. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's my cover designer. I've never complained. I've never had reason to complain right. about her work. And she's just an absolute joy. That's great. So That's great do you, to work with. Go ahead. Sarah. Do you find it, um, since you're an artist yourself, I mean, I often feel like I don't have the words or the description Mm of when I try and communicate with my cover artist, my cover designer. Do you find it, did you find it easy to work with her? Were you able to convey what you wanted? How did you, how did the process go? Um, Well, she knew the title and she was also formatting my book because I'm pretty hopeless Mm -hmm. there. So I guess, (laughs) you know, she got the gist of the story and based on that, she just, she just went for it. Yeah. It's great. I mean, they're great. They're yes. great covers, yeah, and they fit. That shot is it? Is it adult or is it new adult dark fantasy? Um, I would recommend it for like fourteen plus. Uh-huh. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, because it, it be really fits in there with those um, with books like that. It's great. Yeah, so like we'd been communicating, writing. Um, she's also based in Germany, so at some point we just sort of developed this weird telepathy. So she just <laughs> took it and ran, and you know, never had a reason to complain. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful when that works yes. when you can kind of get that like synergy going, where mm-hmm. like somebody gets the books and then they can kind of create. Mm-hmm. It does it, you know, like when you're writing a book. Sometimes you'll have kind of a. I always have kind of like a vague picture, kind of fuzzy about what the cover might look like. Does it match your? Was it? Like, oh, yes, this is it when you saw her her work. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I have to say, like, I, I like drawing. I, mean, mm-hmm. I like making art, but design is a completely different beast. Mm-hmm. So yes. I put it in her hands and she just took it and ran. That's so smart, amazing. though. I mean, there are a lot of people who are very artistic that would not have done that. They would, they would <laughs> have tried to hold on. So really and truly, that is so smart for you to let the person who has expertise and I think that's important for new authors to kind of understand like you're going to you're going to work with people that just know more than you about certain things and you need to just let them know more than you and learn from them instead of trying to compete with them or or butt heads with them um, mm-hmm. and I, I think you did a made a very good decision because those covers are awesome yeah like writing is so personal so I can see you know drawing too and I can see exactly why Mm -hmm. you know we get attached to our work Mm -hmm. um but this was one decision I did not regret at all (laughs) (laughs) well what's been your biggest surprise um like in terms of just oh either the the writing the publishing like what has surprised you the most about the process Oh, nice. Um, that was a good question because I was completely <laughs> overwhelmed. I completely underestimated the reach that 
you know, technology gives us now because you have direct publishing, you have social media, you have, right. you know, like just the entire book community on social media. And mm -hmm. like, to be honest, I thought my friends and family would read it. Like if, <laughs> if that, you know, like my mom, maybe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I first released my book, somehow it ended up in Japan and I had no idea why um, <laughs> until, until I found out like one of, one of the people um, following me on Instagram, for example, is from Japan. Mm -hmm. And you just, you sort of underestimate it because then once you start finding readers all over the world, you know, Amazon sort of picks up on that and starts showing your book to more readers. And then mm -hmm. it just sort of spirals. And yes. I think that was what overwhelmed me the most. Like, you know, you, if you imagine it in the real world, you walk in expecting like your parents maybe, but then you have like these different people, you know, yeah. expecting, yeah, and you're like, I'm, I'm very grateful, but it's very mm -hmm. overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. think that's what surprised me the most. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's a great that's a great answer. That's yeah. Just, yeah. And I think it's that way for a lot of us, you know, that that we we think, oh, this is just something we're, we've done, and nobody will see it. And then the next thing you know, somebody from across the world is. Yeah, I get yeah. I get so excited when I get emails and you can see the characters, you know, like the, where it's from, like when you hit reply, it'll show you the characters and sometimes I'll copy and paste them. And I'm like, look, this is in Russian or this is in mm -hmm. Hebrew or, you know, it's like mm -hmm. things that, you know, I wouldn't have expected. And it's mm -hmm. just the, the reach of, of books now is just incredible. Like I, I wanted to say like, you know, you, you know, back then, you know, before social media and all that, you would just go to a bookstore and pick yeah. out what looks mm -hmm. good basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, with, with indie publishing, you know, you, you can't find books in a bookstore. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we have this reach is really amazing. I think mm -hmm. it's not something we had, I think 10 years ago um, no. or just very limited mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Did, I'm curious, did you have any debate about whether to try and get your book traditionally published or were you always pretty sure you wanted to go indie? Like, this is also a fun question because you know <laughs> you, I feel like if you're an aspiring author, like you don't know much about self-publishing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you always think like you you find an agent, you get mm -hmm. into that into that business, and you know that's where I started with. You know, I was looking for an agent and had some very positive feedback on my manuscripts. Um, but then uh, they started making suggestions on what to change. Mm -hmm. But they were very, very big suggestions, for example, and I wasn't ready to let that freedom go. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I think it could have gone either way, to be mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I wonder, like, maybe I could have, you know, like, just changed yeah. that one thing that's yeah. completely, in, you know, completely crucial to my story. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the, like one of the main points or something yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. and you know you have that image of somebody with like a contract like you know the mm. whole selling your soul thing <laughs> like is it, is it worth it <laughs> um but like in the end I'm I'm glad I went through self-publishing because you know I could contact artists by myself mm -hmm. um I could sort of be more involved in the indie community and make it sort of a hands-on experience Right. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, I, I feel like though now you could maybe do both. You could, you know, do hybrid publishing if you wanted. 
that's the great thing. We have a choice. And uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, and I think this, um, like my first book, uh, Burn Red Skies, and the sequel now, Rise Red Kingdom, have been such great learning experiences mm -hmm. for me because, you know, I always thought there was either or. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, if I'm not doing traditional, then I'll do mm -hmm. self-publishing or right. vice versa, you know, you never mm -hmm. know. Yeah. Um, but now I'm learning about hybrid publishing. Mm -hmm. and I was like, is that a possibility too? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What's been the hardest thing and what's been the best thing about indie publishing? I think it's always, I think it's not like the hardest thing, but mm -hmm. over time, it's kind of the biggest burden of mm -hmm. indie publishing is just the stigma attached to it. You know, like, yeah, there's still a lot of like, yes. oh, you know, like, I guess you couldn't find anyone. So yeah. you're not good enough. No wonder. So, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, if you, if you say like, hey, I wrote a book and, you know, the person you're talking to is like, cool, you know, what's it called? It's like, oh, it's, you know, I, burn with skies it's self-published and then you see sort of like the light <laughs> light leave their eyes <laughs> yeah they're like oh yeah yeah um i think it's just that that divide that stigma um yeah. which which you know fortunately is getting like is is getting less and less over time yes. but mm -hmm. it's still there Mm -hmm. Do you think um, it's worse in Germany than it is in the state oh like overseas maybe in Europe in general um, than it is in the states or I think so actually because um I think especially I can only speak for indie fantasy sure, 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 right. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's just a huge like just a bigger community in the English speaking world mm -hmm. for it mm -hmm. um which is a shame like I think it might be like my next goal like yeah. maybe in the next life to sort of champion indie rights in Germany yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think maybe because also uh, we talked to uh, Ricardo from Rinci and he was saying that really until the pandemic, most people in Europe were buying books from the bookstore or they were ordering physical copies of the books. And so they couldn't really get those. So they there was kind of an, there was this increase in ebook sales in in Europe and I feel like a lot of that is because they were buying traditionally published books as opposed to indie books. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I was just curious. I thought that was, I thought that's, I think that's an interesting question about just the stigma overseas and versus other places. Yeah. Like I would actually say the stigma is a little stronger in, in Germany, but I can't mm -hmm. comment on like all of indie publishing only with fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I think here yeah. it's it's sort of seen as kind of a kids genre, which which is a shame. Yeah, like, you know, and you know, you can't blame anyone because Harry mm. Potter was aimed at kids, mm. and, you know, and and they made fantasy sort of big back then, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so um, what's been the best thing about indie publishing? Yeah just the community mm. um you know i, I mentioned it, it's more hands-on so you're you're dealing with people who know exactly what it's like mm -hmm. um so you're kind of scrubbing the ship together <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense yeah um love that and you know so you have more access to potential beta readers you know obviously mm -hmm. if you also are a beta reader um, mm -hmm. don't do that toxic writing community thing of 
getting beta readers but never beta reading mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah just having a wider access through word of mouth because mm -hmm. just having that audience who has your back and they know yeah. what it's like because they're also writers yeah. yeah so have you had to make a mindset shift mine y'all you know that i almost cuss every time i ask this question have you had to make a mindset shift um in indie public like in your journey of indie publishing yeah like like i mentioned the the reach was mm -hmm. just so vast um yeah i wasn't expecting expecting it at all mm -hmm. and i think that makes a huge difference because you're like all right you know if you write for your neighbors or like your family members it's mm -hmm. it's quite different than like writing for strangers across mm -hmm. the world um so the biggest rabid fans of your genre you know that yeah, like, yeah. so you get like some nitpickers <laughs> you don't know yes um, so just sort of knowing that your words are reaching someone you never like in your life expected to reach mm -hmm. um i think that makes it harder in some ways because you know now i'm writing my third book and i'm like oh no but what if that one like yeah. rage reviewer in <laughs> i don't know in japan yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. is disappointed um so that's like the biggest biggest mind shift that i've had to do just dealing with the vastness of, of reach and social media and direct publishing like all this new technology yeah. that you know you sort of have to learn um on the fly on the fly um, yeah. at once you know mm -hmm. And usually, like in, in my case, it was by myself. I didn't know any yeah. author friends at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, I was just going to say, I agree. I mean, I think that um, having to do it alone is so hard. And it's when you make those connections that, I mean, writing is hard or publishing is hard, but, but it makes it so much better with the community. <laughs> yeah. I think um, also this is also a plus with indie fantasy because you're also dealing with other indie authors and talking mm -hmm. and making friends. Um, I don't know what it was like for, for you. <laughs> when <laughs> I first wrote my book, it was like every, I was second guessing everything. Like everything was being scrutinized. Yes. Like, is this my absolute best? Or like, you know, what about the semicolon? Or yeah. is this like <laughs> yes. M dash or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is this dialogue? natural but like mm -hmm. i think with the second book it's still there that nervousness mm -hmm. but i think you're a bit more forgiving with yourself um i don't know if it's that's what it's like for you mm -hmm. or if at some point you just get so exhausted with yourself that you just <laughs> go go with it um but, yeah. other way yeah other yeah. way yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think you always have a little bit of the nerves i mean they may not be as bad as with the first book but i think they do Mm -hmm. or you learn to control your your nervousness better maybe and you know from past experience it was okay and so it will be okay this time yeah, I don't know. exactly i don't know either yeah. i i always think it's when i started writing i you know you don't know what you don't know and then now i know what i don't know and so i'm like ah, i hope i can hit that mark every time but yeah. you know again you do have to just kind of go this is what i wrote love it or hate it it's what i wrote and i love and i wrote the book and i love the book yeah. Yeah. well we want to ask you a couple of questions too about writing fantasy so um do you have any advice for somebody who's starting out 
and uh, writing in the fantasy genre? I think it's like, I guess you, you might agree as well. The the most important thing is to just write, right? My first draft was a thousand pages. It was full yeah. of full of info dumping, you know, just yeah. like this yeah. is what the world's like. These are the rules of the magic. Yes. These are the characters. Yeah. One has a shady past, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, just write like unabashedly, you know, just write all of your thoughts down. That's the most important part is just getting it out there. And at least what worked for me is that after I had all of these thoughts down, like a character that makes an appearance for two seconds had five pages of backstory, like then you can start sort of cutting it down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it'll get easier with, I mean, it hurt a lot, but it'll get easier with time, (laughs) Um, just sort of refining and and cutting it down. Um, And you just sort of figure out what works for you, you know, like it's fantasy, which gives you a lot of, you know, freedom to Mm -hmm. invent your own rules Mm -hmm. and do what you want. But, it's also, you know, not an excuse to be all powerful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having, you know, my book has dragons and interdimensional dragons, but they're not the most powerful thing um, in the world because that would be slightly boring if they just <laughs> won all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, once once you have all these thoughts out, once you start editing it, sort of pick apart the weak spots of this magic system and then you can sort of introduce challenges to it like believable conflicts Mm -hmm. to it that make characters believable that make the story sort of high stakes um so were you a fantasy reader a a dark fantasy reader before you started writing yes yes yeah yeah it's always been my favorite genre um, also with movies and mm-hmm. video games. Mm-hmm. It's just a form of escapism that's a bit more obvious, right? Because you literally mm-hmm. have dragons and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. airships and all that, all that yeah. good yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 I, um, I love dark fantasy. I, I love fantasy in general, but I love dark fantasy too. And I think it would be really hard if I were to write one to not info dump on the, you know, the world and then the magic system. I mean, I just think that would be the hardest part of it all. How did you, how did you decide, you know, what needed to say and what you needed to cut? That's a good question. Um, I'm still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) I cut my book down to 400 plus pages from a thousand. I have gotten like criticism that my book doesn't say enough about its world like the opposite Mm. of info dumping Mm. wow um some readers loved that it was not in the opposite of Mm -hmm. that it was the opposite of info dumping Mm -hmm. right um but for me personally um i just thought can readers continue reading without being completely and utterly lost do they do they really need to know like what temperature fire elements are you know like does that really (laughs) does that really contribute to the story and just accepting that for some readers it will be yes and for some readers it will be no like the important part is what Mm -hmm. uh, you know what what you think as an author um like what you know how you want your voice to sound in this magic system Mm -hmm. um and i mean there are just just a lot of readers who prefer different types of magic systems some some want like you know pages of rules like Mm -hmm. one two three and (laughs) some people don't want any rules you know Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah, I think probably it's similar like I write historical mystery and so there's some people that they want a lot of the history and they want 
the background and then there's other people that they're not as interested in that. So you kind of have to find what you want to write and then hopefully you find the readers that that is the match for them, you know? So, yeah, I think it's within each subgenre, there's going to be levels of what people want as far as detail and background and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, trying to please everyone is, I mean, in my opinion, the best way to write like a really sort of mediocre book, like not in terms mm-hmm. of quality, but if you're trying to please everyone, yes. you won't have your own voice. Right. And it could be very well written, but you know, if it's if it doesn't have its own strong voice, I think yeah. I think that can be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I'm just shocked. I'm I'm so surprised that you've only been doing this for you know what five years? Four years? Like, yeah, four or five years. Four or yeah. five years. I I mean you just you're so knowledgeable and you're so wise and you're mm-hmm. also young, um, <laughs> which is great too. Uh, you got a long time to do this, but you are very wise about that. I, I think there are a lot of people that just um, w- sacrifice their voice to please uh, readers in every genre. And mm-hmm. I, I think you're smart not to do that. So I love that. Um, so let's talk about your art and how do you combine your art and writing. I mean, like writing was fun for a while, I'm sure, but now you do it and you're selling books. And so is art now the thing you do as fun or do you combine the two? And are you still drawing pictures that you think that kind of go with the story? Um, well, the, the funny thing is, you know, I, I, I wrote Burn Red Skies and Rise Red mm-hmm. Kingdom and, you know, found really good friends in the indie community indie fantasy Mm -hmm. um people started seeing my art Mm -hmm. and they got interested it's like hey do you do book illustrations so Mm -hmm. i do some book illustrations for indie fantasy that's great um so i think art is still a huge part of my life Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's it's cool that i started writing because of it but Mm -hmm. it was just my beginning (laughs) (laughs) so i still do it I think in the future, I will try to illustrate my own books. Mm-hmm. It just never occurred to me at first mm-hmm. because I'm a dope. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we can't see those things closest to us. Right? Right? <laughs> right. I just think it would be a great um, second, I mean, another stream of income, though, if you had merchandise or things like that, if you ever get, you know, get to that point where you, because you can create all of that yourself. Me, uh, you know, unless people want some stick figures, yeah. they're not getting Jamie and I are outsourcing that, definitely. We are outsourcing all that. So, yeah, I just think that's awesome. Plus, fan- fantasy just plays into that so well. Um, you know, I, I just think you could do, you know, that could be another stream of income for you at some point, you know. Yeah, hope- let me hopefully. put that on your list of things to do. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's not stressful enough already. No, 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 no. We're not already busy enough. Right? Writing is easy, right? Like marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In all your spare time, you can yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so when you say um, book, book illustrations, do you mean um, like maps or things like that in other people's books? What type of illustrations do you do? Like full full page illustrations of people's stories. Oh, wow. Um, okay. 
I drew I did draw my own map so that was that was one thing I learned with my second book mm-hmm. but not in my first one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's one thing that I could say with confidence yeah. that yeah. in my first book I didn't have a map because I right. didn't think people would be interested and that right. was a, that was I don't know what I was thinking. Because <laughs> <laughs> fantasy readers love maps, right? They love Yeah, them. like oh, I think if there were a genre <laughs> where people yeah. like maps, it would be fantasy. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you could do those, you know, as lead magnets, you know, or even yeah. your art as lead magnets, you know, sign up for my newsletter, get it get a get, drawing. Get the it. map. Yeah. Yeah. Get the map. Yeah. Get the get the portrait of so-and-so, you know, or whatever, yeah. or, or this, yeah. you know, the city of whatever. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I think you have so many ways to um, leverage that talent. Uh, yeah. That I yeah we're, can you tell we're a little jealous? Yeah, we're a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sweating. No, <laughs> I'm like, if I could draw somebody, I would, I would really cash in on that, but you know, that's me. That's good well, if it makes you feel better, I am just realized that I can combine drawing and and writing. Uh-huh. That that will likely be in the cards in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Speaking I hadn't thought cards, about it. You can do cards. <laughs> yeah, we could do cards too. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll be your marketing, uh, your marketing person. I'm just like, I've got a bunch of ideas. She got a bunch. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask, I love maps. I'm not a big, I'm not a fantasy reader, but I love maps. And so if there are um, authors out there that want to do a map for their book or want to do their own map, would you have any tips for that? Any guidance, like things that they should watch out for or suggestions? Or would you recommend outsourcing that? <laughs> I mean, I foolishly thought I could draw my own map. And, I, you know, I, I think it turned out well, given the circumstances. <laughs> oh, I have no sense of direction. So I was the worst person <laughs> to to draw this map. Um, but as with the editor, I couldn't afford anything else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I think... I mean, my, my map is a, is a block of land, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I think what I would do, this could be a lessons learned thing for my next mm-hmm. series or my next mm-hmm. book, um, mm-hmm. is to pre-draw it on some sort of map software. Oh. Um, or just like if you're, if you're not in artistically inclined, just use the map software. Oh, right. um, I personally like the, the hand-drawn look, so that's what I went for. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure it's viable. And it matches your story. Yeah. My first draft of the map did not match my story. <laughs> so I redrew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of great map artists who basically only draw maps. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not feeling confident, if you're not, you know, happy with the map software you're using, definitely outsource. Like, right. don't be shy. They love maps. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's good advice. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very good advice. Yeah. Well, we have loved this. It's been so great. And I'm just so happy for your success and your, you know, that you've gotten your words out into the world. I, I love that. But uh, what's what do you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been? I think it's, it's a very, like a very personal thing mm-hmm. that I've done for this. It's just sort of, I don't know how it was like with you as a new author back then, you know, mm-hmm. but I was, I internalized everything. So 
all the criticism, mm -hmm. all the, you know, all the negative feedback. Actually, like, it's, it's kind of funny. I feel like I've gone through some sort of writer's right passage <laughs> because someone actually really hated my book just so much that they tore it apart, but uh, with passion. Yes, um, <laughs> like, like, it's a weird yeah, like you know, of course, you know, you love for people to engage yeah. with your work positively, but yeah. um, you know, I think for me it's more important to sort of to sort of reach and touch readers. Um apparently in many ways, like because that reviewer was just raging. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it affected them so much. Mm -hmm. Um and sort of sort of that mentality switch, like, all right it's a bad review in the sense that they thought the book was bad, not that the review itself was bad. Mm -hmm. um, but just sort of thinking, okay, it's a negative review, but it reached a reader it normally would not have reached, you know, right. like, mm -hmm. um, and that person just, what that person wanted to say was that that book was just not for them. Right. right. Mm -hmm. right. Um, so just that, that little mentality switch made all the difference for me because it's like, all right, like someone hated hated it like passionately yeah. like, <laughs> well you did evoke a lot of emotions so that's yeah, really, like, you know it's better than somebody saying eh this book was just eh you know yes, like you did right, get a reaction right. but it it that is not our first reaction when some someone's critical my first reaction oh, is definitely. to be hurt and upset but like if you can look past that and go okay that that just wasn't for them mm -hmm. and it's okay it, I think it's, it's hard to get to that point yeah, like it's especially hard when you're just starting out, especially mm -hmm. if that's one of your first reviews, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Like, oh lord. Yeah, it's like three people have reviewed my book. One is negative. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised but, you continued. I mean, that is just hard. <laughs> that is just so hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? You you have to. I mean, my kids we did this thing where that we lived in Austin. And so they, um, they had a lot of filming stuff that was going on. And my kids, we were doing this commercial and they picked one of my daughters to have kind of a prim more primary role than the other one. She was older and the younger one, of course, was a little upset. And I said, it has nothing to do with you. It, you know how in the mornings you go in and you look in your sock drawer and you want to wear your pink socks, you pass your green socks, your white socks, your blue socks until you get to the pink socks. It's not that you don't like those other socks. You just wanted that, the pink socks. And that was how this was too. They weren't, they just weren't looking for the blue sock. They were looking for the pink sock. And I've sort of had to do the same thing, you know, like, it's just not my reader. It's just not my reader. And just wanted different socks. Yeah, they just want different <laughs> socks. Damn it! Um <laughs> Sorry, yeah, <Sarah>. so I, <laughs> like I, I actually have um I actually have a review diet. So I only read reviews like at most once a month. Yeah. Um, I have like that cheat day um, <laughs> because like it's it's a it's a rabbit hole. I think. Yeah, it like, is. Once I, you start, I've stopped reading them too. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. I think. I read them more often after a release. I mean, I've only released two yes. books, but I've yes. read them like consistently every day for like maybe the first 10 reviews or 20, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and if somebody has something negative to say, usually they'll say it within those 20 reviews. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, assuming you haven't asked 20 relatives to write them. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That yeah. wasn't the case here. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so you, you know, just to see if there's a negative trend, like maybe something's right 
problematic, you know, right. I'm accidentally offending a lot of or something but if it's more or less mixed or you know just like mm -hmm. subjective mm -hmm. then i just let it go yeah. and yeah. read at most once a month i think now it's once every two two or three yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i can't tell you when the last time i read a review was of course yeah. when we get off here i'll probably read them all but uh, <laughs> i just i just had to i i mean most of my reviews are positive but i it's the mad ones that I I can't stand. Like if somebody just hates it, that's one thing. But it's the ones that are like, oh, it was okay. <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh. It's like, you know oh. how much time I put into this. It's just okay. Yeah. So those those are the ones that hurt. So I just yeah. don't read them. I would like to evoke emotion. Yeah. Like I'd rather have a rage review than like, you know, an, a review mm -hmm. accusing the book of being mediocre yes. which i mean maybe for some people it is mediocre mm -hmm. but it just stings a different way you know it does. Right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i love that you called it a diet that mm -hmm. you you yeah. are limiting yourself which i do that i don't read i go in every once in a while and check and see but mm -hmm. yeah i think that's really smart to kind of have that mind frame because I think it's also quite indulgent to read reviews, especially the positive ones. Yeah. You, know, you get sort of, you get sort of, um, it goes to your head, even the mm -hmm. negative ones, obviously, um, that it is kind of a vice <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of a rabbit hole. And if you yeah. don't check yourself, which I didn't at first, I went crazy, yeah. um, that it could be quite dangerous and, mm -hmm. and it could affect your writing mm -hmm. from yes. that point on. Yes. No, I agree. Very true. I agree 100%. Yeah. yeah true. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. yeah. So tell people where they can find out more about you. Where's the best place to go? Um, I do have a website that I haven't updated in a while, but I will after this interview. Um, it's <laughs> ke-rosero.com. Um, but the best way to, to reach me is Instagram um, and Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's where I post all my book news, um, some of my art, as mm -hmm. well as book photographs. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Very this good. has been great. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And we'll have yeah, all thanks. the links at podcast.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast. And thanks to Adriel Wiggins for the admin. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.